0: You're listening to the Bridges Nashville podcast. Bridges Nashville is a church plant in the heart of Music City, meeting at the Listening Room Cafe in downtown Nashville, Tennessee. Here's this week's message. Ready, everybody loving the conversation that I'm hearing going on. We're going to get ready in about 30 seconds here. We'll dive into today's word. And this is where we all get to, once again, go on that journey together of what does that look like? Uh, being a lover of God, or becoming a lover of God, and once again, y'all just—man, uh, I don't know. I just, I just really feel like this is just a a time where I really feel the presence of God, and and just how I many you're thankful that you know God's with you, Amen. And you're thankful when you can recognize His presence and just know that God's gonna, God, God's gonna walk you through it all, amen? amen. Amen. Well, as we once again, we're kicking off a brand new series called "Lovers of God," and this is. I went over earlier in 2 Timothy chapter 3, just that foundational scripture that we're kind of basing things on, and as we continue on in this series, you're going to uh, hear from myself. Uh, I think uh, Patrick will be taking one of the Sundays and, as well, and I'll give it up for Patrick. Man, I just love this guy. He's just an amazing dude, and uh, he's going to be taking a Sunday, and uh, like I said, guys, we're going we're gonna to really try to... Try to provide some content online as well for people just to to go on that journey, man. This is a very important thing, and as we see uh, the world and what's going on in the world, I just think it's so important for us as Christ followers uh, to make sure that our light is shining brighter than ever, amen? Uh, To make sure that we're pointing people to a direction uh, of a loving Savior, of an amazing God that, that loves him just like he loves us, so that's gonna be our, our journey. But if you're taking notes, I hope you do. We'll put some of these on, online as well, on our socials. I've got about 10 points. Everybody say, uh-oh, so 10 points. Some of you in your mind, you, you already like, okay, 10 points, that's like two closing, every three points, and so y'all got me, no, I'm gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna wrap it up, we'll figure it out. So becoming a lover of God, as I was studying this, and God put this on my heart several months ago, and I believe this was a time to release it, but uh, God told me this, becoming lovers of God requires self-assessment and examination. How many know sometimes we've got to look deep within ourselves to find the truth, to find the reality of where we are, where do we stand? As we as we echo back to 2 Timothy chapter 3, we're going we're gonna to dissect some of those points and some of those uh, uh, things that, that are in there. But... As self assessment, we've got to figure out do we resemble what Paul was talking about when he told Timothy, In the last days, perilous times will come and people will be lovers of themselves. And he goes on and on with this list. So we've got to make sure this is where it's the light of God. How many know God shines a light without condemnation? He doesn't point something out to condemn you or to belittle you, he points something out because he wants you to deal with that. And, and he, he's trying to show you something. And so as we examine that, I think it's so good to really ask the Holy Spirit to help us be truthful to ourselves, not lie to ourselves, but be truthful. And, and if there's something that we resemble, then it's like, okay, God, how do I... Get this out of my life how do I lay this aside so I can be a true lover of you so the first one we're talking about here's point number one uh, we heard in that scripture that they will be lovers of themselves lovers of themselves and uh, they'll be conceited all about me all about me have you ever met somebody who's all about themselves you hear it in their conversation, you, you know it, it's their language, and you ever meet somebody, it's like they're, they're, they're taking a selfie with nobody else in the room. You know that person? It's like, man, they're just all about themselves, and 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 here's the thing, I believe with all my heart, as we look at this scripture, Exodus 23, you shall have no other gods before or besides me. You shall have no other god before or besides me. And I believe when Paul put this in there, there'll be lovers of themselves. We've got to make sure, once again, if we're going to follow Christ and be a lover of Christ and lover of God, it's not about us. Amen? It's not about us. In fact, Jesus said, if you want to follow me, you've got to to lay down your life and you've got to deny yourself. And unfortunately, in this world, in this that a lot of people see, they see people that are all about themselves. And if we get to a place where we're selfish, anybody know somebody who's selfish? Don't look at them if they're next to you. But when it's all about me, my experience, what what do I get out of it? We've got to begin to see, wait a minute, is, is, is am I reflecting God's nature? Or have I somehow put myself in a position where, you know what? Me first, God second. I mean, no, that's a dangerous place to be in. Me first, God second. My desires first, God's plan for my life second. What I want comes first. What God wants for my life comes second. Paul said they will be lovers of themselves. And this is where, once again, we're gonna be a Christ follower, it's laying down ourselves, our desires, our our plans, our life, and saying, Jesus, what do you want from me? What do you want out of my life? You should have no other gods. And I think some so many times when we've read that scripture in Exodus chapter 20, I think we think of, well, we're not worshiping Baal. That's what comes when it, that's but I wonder. Is it possible for you and I to become a god in our own eyes? And it's really all about us. You ever see somebody who you like? Man, they need some. They need some humble pie. You ever see that? And it's like, you know, they may say they're confident, or you may say, well, no, that's a little conceited, you know. And and but at the end of the day, we've got to walk in this thing called humility, and we've got to check ourselves and make sure that our motives are pure, and it's not just all about us. They will be lovers of themselves, lovers of themselves. Y'all still with me? Yes, sir. Y'all still love me? I'm not making you mad, am I? <laughs> Point number two may, may kind of get on us a little bit. Uh, the second thing he comes across, and I'm just picking out some of these. He said, they will be lovers of money. Everybody say money. They'll be lovers of money. First Timothy 6.10, let's dive into this. Because, you know, I think in this world, it's all about get what you can. It's all about make the deal. It's all about uh, how can you go to that next level. Anybody ever have their social media get flooded with people that are that are saying, if you pay for my course, I'll teach you how to do this and, and, and all this stuff. And it's like everybody, you know, we could get into that, that, that danger trap of, you know, what is in it for me? Is it all about money? Now, notice this in the scripture. First Timothy 6.10, it doesn't say money is the root of all kinds of evil. What does it say? For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil, for which some have strayed from the faith in their greediness and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. Not like that because as you dive into that, I mean, no, there's nothing wrong with money. Amen. It takes money to make things happen, it takes money, you got to pay bills, you got you to gotta eat, it takes money. But we've got to begin to check ourselves, if we ever reach that moment, am I running this race full speed, I don't have time for God because I got I to gotta make more money and more money, and the love of money, when you start loving it, then it turns into a greediness for more. Does that make sense? And when when there's something that you have a greed for, this is a trap of the enemy. You know, we sing about it, uh, man's empty praise and treasures that fade. When, when, When you have a love for money and that's all you're thinking about and you're greedy after it, listen, even if you're getting it, you're not feeling yourself. Does that make sense? You go on this cycle of always after it but never being fulfilled. I was watching something the other day and there was a very wealthy businessman and he was, he was, he was telling his story. and He goes, you know, he said, you look at people with, with that are wealthy and you think they've got it made. And he said, I was there. And he said, every day I woke up unfulfilled. Every day I woke up with this longing for something. He said, every day I woke up miserable. Miserable. And he said, I found out it wasn't in the money, but he said, I finally found God. And that's why we go to this. You know, Paul's telling Timothy, people will be lovers of money, and we've got to watch out for that. We've got If we're going to follow Christ, we've got to make sure we're not just loving money, because that can turn into greed. I'll read it again. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil, for which some have strayed from the faith straight from the faith. Man, let me just camp out there for a second. Have you ever been walking along on your journey and you realize you were going after something more than you were going after God? We've all been there, maybe at one time or another. Maybe we were trying to get ahead in life or maybe we were trying to get that promotion at work. Maybe we were trying trying to make that quota. Maybe we were trying to close that business deal and we were going after something with everything in us more than we were pursuing God. Amen, or ouch, it's in the Bible, amen. (laughs) But going after it more, and that's where, it's not that God is judging us or condemning us, but I think 2 Timothy 3 can be a wake-up call for many of us in this world. When we look at it, not through the eyes of rejection, but okay, God, show me in my life where some of this is hidden and I don't even know. Show me in my life where some of this has taken root, and I don't even know. That's why it says, for the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil, meaning people that love money, so they will be lovers of money. I'll jump to the end of that scripture, more than lovers of God. And so you're loving it if the love of money is the root of all evil. It's the love of money. And this is where we can understand that, you know what, God? I mean, it's it's okay to want nice things. Amen? How do you want nice things? This is not a Debbie Downer message. How many know God's not a killjoy? Amen? He's not a killjoy. But make no mistake about it, if you're loving something more than him, right here, which some have strayed from the faith. This is where we got to stay on track and not let anything take root in us and not be more passionate about something more than we're passionate about God. Amen. Number three, y'all still with me? There will be boasters, proud, prideful, thinking too highly of yourself. We've all been there, Proverbs 16:18 in the amplified version, because it's so much louder. It says, Pride goes before destruction. And a haughty spirit before a fall. Pride. We can get caught up in the pride. We can get caught up in to thinking we're, we're more important than somebody else. We can get caught up in our skill set, our knowledge bank. We can get caught up in, in who we are. And it has nothing to do with us but everything to do with God. We've gotta get into this place where we're walking in so much humility to not let pride take root in us. You know, here's a great way, I'll give you a great way to to work on pride, real quick. When you do something wrong, be the first to apologize. I know not everybody likes to apologize. You don't have to look at them if if they're in the room today. But an apology, let me know a simple I'm sorry can go a long long way. But isn't it funny how pride will come on? But, no, I got to prove no, I'm not wrong, you're wrong. And we step into this prideful arena within ourselves and it's like, come on, let's let's strip the pride down. Let's let's not be too proud. Let's not let's not think too highly of ourselves. And that's something that we have to gauge on our own. Have you ever been been quick to judge somebody without knowing that person's story? And and your mind slips away. You're like, man, how could they? How could they do something like that? And we have no idea of their backstory. We have no idea of their upbringing. We have no idea of their surroundings and their environment. And even in that moment, it could be us thinking, well, man, you know, at least I'm not like that, or I'm not like that. But in the in this moment, you, you remember the story in the Bible where I forgot who it was, but. It was, it was it was God had forgiven somebody or Jesus forgave so he was telling a, a parable, I think he was like of two men. one was one was a sinner and, and one was, was, a, was a Christian and the one that was a Christian was there standing before the altar of God and like, God I thank you that I'm not like the sinners, that I'm not like, uh, the people that don't even bless their bread, and, and I thank you that I'm not out committing these sins." And the sinner was at the altar asking God for forgiveness, approaching God, God, I'm so unworthy to be in your presence, but, but if, if, offer your grace to me. And, and, and he's asking God of this, and it's two different, two different people, one full of pride. But well, we don't call it pride, we call it righteous indignation. You ever heard that quote? That my righteous indignation. We want to we put God's approval on our pride, on our being judgmental. And we can't do that. But we must humble ourselves to understand that, that God's not looking at each and every one of us differently. Like, well, I like I like David more than I like Steve. How I many no? He's not doing that. We do that. We would never tell our kids that, for those that have children. I mean, you'd never tell your kids secret. I like you more. I would never say, hey, Grayson, I like you more than I like Carrington. Grayson giving me the evil eye right now. But we would never do that. And God would never do that. And we gotta understand that in the moments where we are thinking of ourselves, more important than somebody else, that's a good indicator. That's a good indicator. Wait a minute. God, there's just some pride going on that's keeping me from loving this person or showing this person the love of God. You ever have somebody wrong you and the Holy Spirit say, hey, you need to to pray for that person? How many know that's hard to do? Let's be honest. That's very hard to do. We give them that quick prayer. God bless them. Because because our pride doesn't want us to hit our knees, right? Our pride doesn't want us to go to our knees and say, God, I know this person hurt me, but God extend grace to them. God bless them in ways of abundance. God, heal their hearts. See, pride won't let us do that. Pride keeps us standing straight, well, while the Holy Spirit is saying, hey, don't just pray for that person. Invite that person out for lunch during the work break. How many you know that's a lie? Okay, now I got to have a conversation with you, God, about this. Who's going to pay the bill? You want me to bless them? God, they, they lied on me. They accused me. They hurt me but you want me to, and this is where, when we have those, this is not God judging us, but these are the emotions we go through, and this is where we gotta come to a place, okay, is this some pride going on in my life? If if I'm thinking I'm too high to stoop down and serve somebody, pray for this person. I think when we hit those moments, I think we just need to consider the life of Jesus. Came from heaven to earth to serve you and I. Amen? He humbled himself. The Bible says he humbled himself and took on the form of a servant. The king of kings, the Lord of lords. So that's, that should help us with our pride. Uh, one translation says this. When swelling and pride come, then emptiness and shame come also. But with the humble, everybody say humble. Those who are lowly. Who have been pruned or chiseled by trial? Wow, that's a big. Anybody ever been through a hardship, and and God used that hardship to to chip off the rough edges off of you? It says those that have been pruned or chiseled by trial and renounced self are skillful in godly wisdom and soundness. Hmm. But with. The humble, those who are lowly, who have been pruned and chiseled. You ever you ever you ever took a stance and you saw somebody like, oh God's gonna humble you? How many know that's the wrong attitude? (laughs) Let me God's gonna humble you. God's gonna knock you off your high horse. How many know you're still being prideful? Oh, you need to be humble. God's, God's gonna humble you. No, God wants you to pray for that person. And God needs you to be humble. Whew, that's hard. That's that is hard. So the next time we're tempted to judge and put on the pride cap of being proud of ourselves, full of pride, looking at somebody with judgmental eyes, let's let's when we feel that swelling up on the inside, let's capture that. Amen. Let's Holy Spirit. I feel it, help me deal with that. And the quickest way we can deal with that, when we feel that extending towards another person and we wanna judge them, oh God's gonna humble you, God's gonna, God's gonna get you, that's, that's, that's the wrong direction, but the quickest way we can deal with that is, you know what, Lord, let me just pray for that person right now. Because if we don't and we stay in pride, we stay in this judgmental attitude, It says, then emptiness and shame come also. Emptiness and shame. Because at the end of the day, if if you were mad at somebody that maybe you were once friends with, and now you're mad at them, and you see them hurt, you see calamity come their way, how are you going to feel knowing you had an opportunity to pray for that person, extend God's love, but in fact, you, you secretly wanted to see them? humble, but at the end of the day, it's gonna make you feel empty. You're not gonna rejoice over your friend or someone you were in relationship with or somebody you knew down and out. Emptiness is gonna come. Then then the enemy will use that against you and say, say, you call yourself a Christian, you should have been praying for that person. Now shame is coming. Guilt is coming. Y'all still tracking with me? All these things are coming because we had an opportunity to lay down our pride and to extend God's love. If we're really loving God, and it's it's hard. The Bible says you you can't hate your brother and love God at the same time. That's a hard pill to swallow, amen? Because at the end of the day, there's not a person in this room that can stand up and say, I've never hated anybody. Ooh, now, don't get quiet on me, y'all. Not mad, but we've been there, amen? We've all been there. You hated somebody. And it's like, how do I deal with that? In those moments, this is where the enemy trips us up. This is where God loves us enough to help us deal with that, when we feel hatred going out towards somebody. Well, I don't even know if I should say this on camera. Maybe I should. I don't know. I don't know. Heather's looking at me. Look, she just looked up at me. (laughs) But uh, at our house, uh, <laughs> where, where, where we live, it's, it's on a corner lot. Everybody say corner lot. So it's right across from, if I have to edit this out, Joe, give me a marker number where this is, then I'll go back to it. But, but all these cars, it's right across the street from the high school. There's a little walking bridge that goes there, and it's like... David, you were over there pick, uh, dropping off something. You, you thought when you pulled up, like, man, the Lindsays must be having a party. And it's like we had no party. But all these cars are lined up, people dropping off their kids, picking them up. But they block our street totally, you know. And it's like, you know, I had to catch myself a couple times because I'm thinking, man, like, you know, you see people. You don't, you don't want to judge. But it was just, just festering on the inside. Like, well, you just... You're blocking our streets, so I'm trying to be a good Christian, you know, and trying to smile at them, but I remember there was, there was one day, one lady parked up on our on our curb, like on my grass, and I'm like, Lord, do I bless them or do I bless them, <laughs> you know? What do I do in that moment? And, you know, all these thoughts are run through your mind and stuff like that, and and you know, do I go out there and, 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 you know, act like I'm this tough guy beating on windows? You, you can't do all that, but it's like sometimes God just, at the end of the day, when you hit some moments and you feel this ugliness coming up, that's when you've got to be like, wait a minute. Er, okay, God is flashing the light, amen? This is not how I'm supposed to feel. This is not how it's supposed to be. You got you to wait it out and see what God does. But, but I know when I feel this feeling coming up, this is not for me to act upon. Amen? This is not for me to go down that road, but it's for me to be like, whoa, okay, God, how do I get rid? of Holy Spirit, how do I get rid of this? And I mean, you know, sometimes it's, it's easier said than done. You got to make that commitment. Okay, God, that's not, I'm going to look at it, but it's not going to bother me anymore. And every day you just got to give that to God. Amen? And I think God will take care of that once you commit it to Him. Y'all still tracking with me? There's probably a lot more to that story. <laughs> but it's all good. Uh, let's see here. Number four, number four. I think we're, let me see, we're doing good on time. Y'all still, y'all give me five, raise your hand if you give me five more minutes. Okay, five, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, 35, 40, 45, 50. La, la, la. Yeah, look, look, Jonathan wants more. Jonathan raised both hands up. He said, keep pe- keep preaching. All right. Here we go. Number four. This is the Apostle Paul. He's talking. Uh, I want to spend a little time here and explain that. Disobedient to parents. Disobedient to parents. How many of you have been disobedient to your parents? I have. I have, you know. I was disobedient to my, to my grandmother once, and I don't remember anything else after that. You know, that's old school. See, some of you young people, y'all don't even know about old school right now. But uh, so who's laughing at back yeah, yeah <laughs> old school, you know, and but disobedient to parents, and I think he threw that in there now, back in Bible days, back in Bible days, how I mean, you know, people lived a long time, lived a long time, so you could be you could be a hundred years old, and your mom and daddy still be alive, <laughs> and you' still living in their house and I believe that's why he threw that in there. They'll be disobedient to parents because, you know, in Bible days, guys, you honored parents. You you respected parents. And when God threw that in there, Ephesians 6, uh, 1 to 3, listen to me as we read this. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Everybody say right. Honor your father and your mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with you and you may live long on the earth. To honor, to honor your father, your mother. So even as as you reach adulthood and you have your parents still alive, I think we move into this honoring, amen? Now, you know, you and your parents may have a difference of opinion of something, but the disrespect... Or if it's not honoring or if you're just doing something that's dishonoring, the Bible says it's not right. You've got to honor. So it doesn't mean you have to reach a place where you have to do, I mean, you grown adult. You reach a place where you are accountable for your own actions, and you may disagree with mom or dad or an authority figure. You can, I mean, we can disagree and still honor. We can disagree and still honor. But going back to children, how many could say this generation and, you know, uh, one thing about me, I'm old school when it comes to like discipline or just how I think things need to be done. But you see a generation that, you know, sometimes you've been out in public and you see a kid talk to a parent to do, uh, like, like, and, and they're still standing straight up. You're, 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 they're not laid out on the floor somewhere. <laughs> You know, and it's like if we look at that and we're like, oh, that's, you know, they'll grow out of that. This is where we make the mistake. I think God is trying to tell us about, about how we raise a generation, how, how a younger generation should be thinking, even as as you grow into adulthood and uh, get married, have children. If we're not teaching our children to honor, this is what happens. Y'all still with me? This, this is what happens when we're not teaching our children to to honor. The Bible talks about a generation that grows up, that knew not the Lord. Because if you're not honoring mom and dad, guess what? You're not honoring your teacher at school. You're not honoring your coach on the ball field. You're not honoring policemen. You're not honoring authority figures. Y'all tracking with me? If we're not getting this Right, I think Paul threw that in there because he's like, Timothy, you gotta watch. In the last days, gonna be some perilous times and this is what's gonna be going on. But we've gotta be people that show a difference. Everybody say a difference. We gotta be people that show the difference and not follow what the world has laid down. Now, I'll get ready to close with this. My first closing, as we talk about just the difference and as we talk about uh, how do we showcase a, to a world that at some point seems dark, seems lost, seems uh, have erred from the faith, strayed from their faith? How do we showcase the right way? How do we showcase what to do? And I believe it's, it's this. I remember years ago, I was, I was just a little kid, and I was at a, at a grocery store with my grandmother. And my grandmother didn't play. She didn't, she didn't play at all. And walking down the aisle, and I see this one little kid, he's reaching for some candy. And his mom was like, No, Johnny, you can't you can't have that candy. And because you're gonna ruin your dinner. And Johnny fell out on the floor and he was like, Ah, I want this candy. And she was all embarrassed. And she was like, okay, here you can you can have the candy. Go, go, shh, just be quiet. Just be quiet. And I got to thinking, nobody told me anything, but I'm like, well, okay, if. And little Johnny, if that's the way to get candy, maybe it'll work with my grandmother. And so there we were walking. She's about to check out. And you know, at the checkout they got all this, this stuff there. And I grabbed, I grabbed a piece of some bubble gum or something. I grabbed it. And she goes, no, Adonis Lindsay, you cannot have that. And I should have, I should have known when she said my full name. After that, she said, first she said, no, Adonis Lindsay. I'm like, no, grandma, I want that. She said, Adonis Washington Lindsay. I should have known. Like that was like she's trying to warn me something's coming. And I reverted back to what I saw Johnny do. Johnny fell out on the floor, screamed at his mom, I want it now. And I looked at my grandmother I said, I said, well, I want it now. Honest to God, I do not remember anything after that. I do remember after I quit crying, because she slapped me upside the head. And you know, I'm I'm not talking about that little cry. I'm talking about that cry. (laughs) Y'all ever been crying like that? (laughs) Y'all know what I'm talking (laughs) about? That's that deep cry, like like you just got to whoop it. And I'm crying, and she goes, I never will forget. She goes, goes, I don't know where you got that from. She said, but you must be out your mind. You must be out your mind, and I think so many times, guys, when, 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 when we allow certain things uh, to go on, not being checked, because it starts here, but it doesn't stop there, amen? And I think that's just a pattern that we can show as Christ followers. How do, how do we honor and respect one another? How do we agree to disagree? How I mean you know the world has lost the ability to agree to disagree? But I think as Christ followers, we should have that ability to agree to disagree and still love Jesus together. Amen? Last one here, and this is it. My last closing. I didn't think we'd get through all of them, but uh, we'll, we'll continue on next week, and we'll throw some other stuff in there. But the last one is we'll end with this one. I'm going to call the team back up. Um, they're going to close out. But I want us all to be thinking about this. He said they will be unthankful. Number, number five, unthankful. Unthankful. And this is where we got to go back and remember. We talked I talked about it earlier how God is so faithful, but so many times we forget because we're faced with our next trial or situation or circumstance and we forget the faithfulness of God that there's a there's a pattern behind us where God has been faithful all the while. And if we're not careful, we slip into the love for money, going back to the greediness, desire to have more and then we're still not filled and and we can be so greedy to want something more, we forget what we have. You ever been in that situation? That's, if I don't say anything else. That's, that's, you need to take this with you today. We can be so greedy and longing for something more, David, that we forget the blessings that we do have today. Today. Let's not be unthankful. 1 Thessalonians five eighteen 18 says thank God in everything no matter what the circumstances may be mm. be thankful and give thanks for this is the will. or by say the will of God this is the will of God for you who are in Christ Jesus Thank God in everything, no matter what the circumstances may be, be thankful and give thanks. For this is the will of God. This is the will of God. You know, a lot of people have that question: how do I know God's will for my life? Well, He's He'll tell us throughout the Bible, this is this is I, this is my will for you. Just just be thankful. Just, just be thankful. But when there's a greediness, or we're going back to when he said, hey, hey, Timothy, they're going to be lovers of money. And it's the love of money that's the root of all evil. And it's, 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 it, 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 it turns into that greedy desire for more that's not going to fill you up. And it takes your mind off the blessings that you have every single day. A friend of mine once said this was a couple years ago. He was having some trouble with his 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 kids, and he was like, "Man, it just I can just get them to act right and yes, ma'am, no, ma'am," and and they were kind of just over. He had an overwhelming moment of. I get these kids to act right, do good in school, and just, and he said that one day God showed him, it's like, you know, you're, you're so frustrated in this situation that you've forgotten to thank me that you, for the fact that you do have children. He said, you've forgotten to thank me that your children are whole and they're healthy, Then he said God God really blew his mind. He said the Holy Spirit told him to pray for people that he knew that had kids with disabilities, kids with long-term sicknesses. And he said that moment he understood what, what God was saying dropped down to his knees and begin to pray for parents children with cancer He began to look at his kids differently He began to see his kids as blessings and What was God doing was God having him compare No God wasn't having him compare God was bringing him into reality Don't forget the blessings that I've already given you. Be thankful. Be thankful when you wake up and you get out of bed on your own. You get my age, you wake up, up, you get out of bed, you're in pain, but you're still thankful. Takes me a few steps to walk off cramps and the, the aches, and, but you're thankful. Did this help anybody today? Come on, bless the Lord, somebody. Thanks for listening to the Bridges Nashville podcast. To find out more about us and who we are, check out our website at bridgesnashville.com or find us on social media at Bridges Nashville.